Hey, good Shabbos. This week's parasha is Parshas Kisavon. I wanted to just share a little bit of a Dvar Torah I heard from Rabbi David Foreman and then extend it into something I thought was well-connected between the two parshas surrounding Bikurim. So we have the Parsha Bikurim in the beginning of Kisavon. The Parsha Bikurim is kind of weird. We have this idea that you bring the first fruits, which makes a lot of sense, but we have some disconnects. The first disconnect is he got a Tiyayon. I, I told him what happened today. So what are you telling of what happened? Seemingly nothing happened yet. You bring Bikram, you walk into the base of Mikdash, and you tell, and you told what happened. You didn't say anything yet. You haven't said anything. So why are you saying he got the Tiyayom? It should be you will tell, if anything. So why say he got a Tiyayom? Next question, the next disconnect is, it says Vanisa, you're going to answer. So that's at the beginning of Pasuk Hay. It says Vanisa Vamarta Lifnei Hashem Okecha. You're going to answer in front of Hashem. What does that mean you're going to answer? Answer who? Answer what? No one asked you a question. To answer something, you usually need to be asked a question. Those are the two disconnects. The answer is pretty simple. The answer goes is that Avram wanted the Jewish people in Eretz Israel, but he didn't get that promise. He had Yitzchak. Yitzchak wanted to have the Jewish people in Israel. He didn't get that promise. It went to Yaakov. Yaakov wanted to have the Jewish people in Israel, and he actually almost had it. Yaakov was the closest out of all the Avos to have B'nai Israel in a land. Avraham didn't really have so many children. He just had Yitzchak seemingly from the Jew, for the Jewish people. Yitzchak only had Yaakov. And Yaakov finally has the 12 Shvatim. And the 12 Shvatim grow up and we have the 70 people that finally grow up in Israel proper. But then they go down to Egypt with the sale of Yosef. After the sale of Yosef, it all goes downhill from there. And everyone goes down to Egypt. And over there is where our nation grows with the disconnect of the land of Israel. And Yaakov doesn't even see the promise of the land of Israel fulfilled. And we see this process that happens, which is time after time, generation after generation, it seems like Hashem's not gonna fulfill the promise he gave to Avram. He says, I'm gonna make your people numerous as the stars, and I'm gonna put them in the land of Israel. Yet Hashem never actually seems to put them in the land of Israel, even when he does make us numerous in Egypt. So it seems like Hashem's never gonna fulfill his promise to us, even when he puts us in Egypt. And so we think to ourselves, you know, maybe this is just never going to happen. And that's where Bikurim comes in. Bikurim comes in because the guy who's bringing Bikurim is the end of the process. Yes, you got into Israel eventually. The nation of Israel made it into Israel. We settled Israel finally. You have a farm. You are the end goal of what the Avos were trying to do. And that is what you're being Higadati, Vanisa. You're answering and testifying, basically, for all of history that Hashem fulfilled his promise. And that's what it is. It's do you as this little farmer, do you as this tiny little farmer feel like nothing? Because you're not nothing. You're the end of this process. You are the most important component of this process. Yes, Avram was amazing. Yes, Yitzchak was amazing and Yaakov was great and the 12 Shabbatim were great. But you know what? They weren't the end of the process. You are the end of the process. You, Joe Schmo, who has a little field in the south of Naharia. You think you're nothing, but you're not nothing. And that's the question that's being asked to the farmer. And the farmer has to answer, I am not nothing. I am the end of this process. And I think that is a theme that is run basically throughout Kisavo and also from last week's Parshim Kitete. It's what do we feel like? Our self-image of our ourselves is probably one of the most important growth factors we have in Judaism. And that's what the Torah is telling us here. If you feel 
Like you are an important person. If you feel I am the end of this Bitcoin process, you're going to be an unbelievable Jew that year. If you feel I just did the biggest mitzvah ever, I'm as great as Yaakov, I'm as great as Aram, as great as Yitzchak, there's no way that you could do sins such as idolatry, adultery. You, it's below you. You're an unbelievably high person. And I think I could prove this also from the other parts of the Parsha. Right before this Parsha, Yisava, we had a Malik. We know a Malik is only able to attack when we are weak. When we are weak, we are weak because of self-image, because we, for lack of self-confidence. And that lack of self-confidence comes in Shmos. In Shmos, we know that a Malik actually attacks the back of the tribes. And the back of the tribes, we're told, in the south, we have, um, we have Reuven. Reuven, at this point, is in the east. They're, they're toward the back of the tribes. We have Reuven, Shimon, and God. Now, Reuven, Shimon, and God are very interesting Shvatim to have in the back. Let's talk about Reuven and Shimon for a second. Reuven, we know, was the person that switched the beds with Yaakov. He switched Bila's tent and Leah's tent. And we know that many Mepharshim, I believe Rashi even writes, that he may have slept with Bila. And that's going to cause a lack of self-image in later generations. If you know your father, your grandfather, your great-grandfather was an adulterous person, it's going to be hard for you to get over that. It's going to be hard for you to build self-confidence in yourself in order to say, you know what? He did this, but I'm still great. And that was hard for Reuven. And it's possible Reuven was actually one of the worst Shvatim, and that's why they were attacked by Amalek in the back of the camp. The other tribe, Shimon, Shimon, we know, attacked Shrem and was harshly rebuked by Yaakov for attacking Shrem earlier. Now, if your grandfather is Shimon, it's also going to be tough to have a good self-image about yourself. And we know later on that what does the tribe of Reuven actually do because of their lack of self-image? We know that they end up having Dasin and Aviram, who come against Moshe. And we know that the tribe of Shimon ends up having Baal Peor issues with idolatry. And then they also are the people who instigate Egel Azad. We see this issue of lack of self-confidence translating throughout the Parsha. And we know that the curses are actually directed at Shimon and Reuven in some instances. Shimon doesn't even get a curse because Moshe can't bless him. Moshe doesn't want to bless him and then also not curse him. You have to have a curse and a blessing to neutralize the blessing as well. But Moshe is not going to bless him later on in the end of the Sidre, in the Sidre of Devarim. And we know that Moshe is not going to bless him, so he can't either curse him. We see this lack of self-confidence now running throughout Bikurim, Shimon, Reuven, and Amalek. The connection between all this is if our self-image of ourselves is extremely high, it will change everything. Self-image is everything we have. And that's what we need to focus on. Have a great job.